Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Which community is the most toxic? Are we worried about crypto regulation amid this bear market? Did Jeff Ma take it too far on this most recent Bet the Process podcast? That's what we're discussing today on Lulz. Does he think? I think he thinks this. He thinks this is a go. Vegas Dave thinks this is a go. Hot naked girls doing yoga. What? Why don't you just win like a man? Random.org. Type in one for yes, two for no, and let the DFS guys pick for you. And I'm absolutely begging you not to do bus. Please. Please don't do bus. Brian, is this chat true? Did you win $100,000 last night? Mm, it is true. Wow. You seem so happy, grinning <laughs> ear to ear. It's almost like you're not a hardened veteran who does this for a living and doesn't feel anything when they have a nice score. Mm, yeah, it's true. Um, <clears throat> still don't think I'm having a winning NBA season, <clears throat> if that makes you feel any better. It doesn't make me feel better, Brian. I want you to have a winning NBA Thanks, season. Buddy. I might be winning. I might be winning at this point. But it, it hasn't been a, a smash year for you? It's been all right. Yeah, I guess. No, it hasn't been a smash year. No. Yeah. Is there, Are you having the uh, the highest ROI on FanDuel? Mm, no. No. I don't play FanDuel a ton. But when I do, I bank a tournament. Exactly. Yeah. They, uh, I don't know. I kind of, FanDuel kind of pisses me off, so I don't play there a ton. Um, they're, uh, I guess I just play their one big one. That's it. Okay. What, what, what do they do that pisses you off specifically these days? I can't remember. What were they doing before? They, you know, they've always had problems like lot, you know, you couldn't change your CSV. They, yeah. that would break a bunch of times. They've had other things too. I can't remember. MJ referencing the, uh, the payout structure. Yeah. Right yeah. They suck unless you win. Yeah. Then they're great. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's how it is on uh, on everything, right? Uh, they're mm-hmm. they're awesome uh, until you win, in which case, yeah, put all the money right up top. Put, yeah, everything uh, in the top, whatever I I finish. Yeah, yeah. The uh, I'm trying to think what else I I played I played MMA over the weekend, and we had the other the neck the the classic thing uh, fight scratched after lock. And then casuals claiming that they wish there should be late swap. Um, is that just like the oldest tale in DFS? 
people wanting late swap but not realizing you don't want late swap there because that, that wouldn't be good for you yeah yeah they they still i think they would flip out if they switched it back to no late swap i think <clears throat> and and it's a bigger negative for them than being able to switch out that one guy you know twice a year when that happens I guess though it's a little different for MMA, right? Where like the pros advantage for late swap would be far, far greater in NBA. Um than M- no is. MMA would be pretty big too. Really? Yeah, I think so. But you you can't do it in NBA because I mean I'm sorry, MMA because um the fight times aren't aren't static. Right. You don't know when they're for sure gonna start the next fight, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that would be tricky. I, but I'm just thinking like with NBA, right? Like when there's a scratch, like that affects all these other projections. I guess you're saying that just the way that the dynamics with the salary and stuff, it would change kind of like how the slate would be simulated out. I'm saying like you could switch your guys to give yourself a better shot later on based on what occurred earlier. Right. Take on Where, more of a low owned guy and line up yeah. buried and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you'd you'd have a bigger accurate picture of ownership after the first three fights. <clears throat> and and the, the edge would be that ninety-five percent of the other people aren't doing that. Right. Right. Um all right, what well, yeah, OA says late swap sucks, having to stay close to your comp all night for NBA. I miss when FanDuel didn't have late swap. Yeah. I mean, I've said this on the show before, like I can't even and you you were mentioning Ricky D stop playing NBA. I mean the amount of work and being at your computer um, it's even for the pros who know what they're doing. It's, it's just a massive time commitment. Alex toned down his NBA this year. Finally. Um, that's the one. Yeah. If you want to save time, NBA is the one you got to get rid of. Yeah. In your, in your arsenal. Yep. I wonder if, do you think like if, you know, big time players are scaling back, you know, not doing as much, do you think, the sites ever evolve, um, obviously maybe not having late swap or, you know, focusing more on showdown, single game showdown contests with the biggest prize pools, trying to like cater more to what the people are telling them. That's interesting. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe they'll switch to something else. Did you, speaking of late swaps, did you see that we had a COVID game in baseball? No. What happened? Yeah. Today the, the, there was the morning slate was, uh, Four games and the the Sox Cleveland game got canceled to COVID. Really? Yeah. And uh, did that? So I did it screw over a ton of people. Oh yeah, I'm sure. There's only yeah. f- in a four gamer. I'm sure 25 percent of the field, 40 percent of the field got screwed. Man, I feel like I uh, the Twitter algorithm for me now. Um, I don't. Um, like I have it just set for like top tweets. So it's like whatever Twitter's showing me, like I don't see it and, you know, reverse chronological and like NFT and crypto markets have just taken over my feed. So I, I feel like I'm lucky if I get a DFS tweet these days, like normally I get linked to like a DFS conversation. <laughs> I'm kind of upset about it because I'd love to like tell Twitter, all right, I want, you know, 30% DFS. I want 30% crypto and NFT, 30, whatever. Mm. And like, I feel like my feed is like 95% NFT that, shit right now. That is a good idea. I like that. So that, that makes me think about this. Uh, Elon had like a whatever three-page memo on um, what he plans to do with Twitter. 
Did you see uh, this? I didn't see the map. I saw like the headline <clears throat> that he plans to reinstate Trump or whatever. Oh yeah. I think this was before that one, but it was something, maybe he had to do it for the banks or something. He's like, you know, he said he wants to get rid of the bots, blah, blah, blah. I didn't read it either. Either. I just heard this secondhand. Um, but anyways, and then at the bottom, it's like, so he wants to get rid of the bots. He wants to do this. And then he has, he wants to implement project X and, but he doesn't want to say what that is. So what, if you had to guess, I have a guess and like, that would be a cool one. What you just said, but <clears throat> what do you think he's planning on implementing? I mean, my guess would be some kind of pay to play thing. Um, you know, like an extension of Twitter blue, um, where, and maybe it is even, maybe it's rolling back features. Like you, you just features where you already have that you have to pay. I mean, don't you think at this point, he's already immediately thinking, how can I generate revenue here for our, for our stockholders and find better ways to monetize this? Or do you think that's not his primary goal right now? No, I would say that's not his primary goal since he's going private. I'm assuming he's, he wants to build up as much hype for the three years from when he's going to launch back on the market. So it just goes insane. Okay. And so you, you eat it, you eat it now and you make it the coolest thing ever or whatever. And then, and then go, go public again. I was, um, my guess, and and this is, this is probably wrong, but this is more me wishful thinking. I think is add, um, video. Oh, like live streaming. Yeah. YouTube. Well, hey, what do you mean? What do you mean by YouTube? Just uh, it's Twitter, but it also has YouTube on it. You, you could in your audience, in your followers can watch your videos on Twitter. So basically, you're saying like blend their kind of old Periscope um, approach with kind of like the current spaces. So it's like when you're live streaming, it would like show up at the top of the feed for for people to kind of tap in. I'm like literally saying copy YouTube. That seems like, but how would, I'm wondering how does that fold into the current user experience? Interface? Because then you don't need to put links to your YouTube account. You just have your Twitter followers right there. Mm-hmm. And you just yeah. go, I'm, this is my shows on at seven o'clock and just click well, the button. Yeah. I mean, they do have the, um, cause they, they had Periscope and now they still have their like Twitter streaming feature. Um, I just, I stopped using that a while back. I know some people still use it just because I wanted to drive people to YouTube because I thought there was kind of like more value there long-term. But if they, if they had like good mechanisms for like growth and advertising and stuff, it could make it definitely more attractive for people. And the reason I'm thinking that there is a, you know, 1% chance admittedly that being the project X is if he, like he could still sell it as this free speech issue so that these video platforms are kicking off all these people well here Mm -hmm. we're not going to kick you off Mm -hmm. and so take some of that market share i think one thing that also would need to happen with that and one thing that i think twitter really needs to build out is its ability to like search and index stuff i mean because when you think about it like i'll often search twitter for specific things before i even search google i mean like they're sitting on 
kind of like a gold mine of real time content and the same with like the video stuff. But like, if I, if I'm trying to find like content from a spaces or something like that's impossible to search for, like I can't find archive spaces. I yeah. feel like that would dovetail with video too. And why Google and YouTube are so strong in that regard is because their search and indexing is incredible and Twitter would really have to invest in that. That's, that's true. That, or they could buy, they could buy, I'm this, I don't know what the platform, well, I guess there's, there's, there's what Odyssey rumble. What are the alternatives? I don't even know. Um, Twitch. They're probably mm -hmm. too big to buy at this point, but you could just buy one. Yeah. And then bring that in. Cause like, if you look at the, the spec for Trump, I don't know what it's at now. Everything's worthless at this point, but when he first started, we're all broke. But after he first started, uh, he, they, it was worth billions, mm -hmm. uh, and I think Rumble's worth a decent amount of money. Yeah, and and the reason they have such a big audience is because of censorship. Like, no one would care. They use it as a marketing tool to get people over there. And so, if he's trying to make money, it's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, they already like to your point. I mean, when you the the Twitter algorithm suppresses anything that links out, right? Like they want you to stay on Twitter. Like when I do, you can look at tweets. If I link out to a show on YouTube or a video, it does not perform near as well um, because they just, they don't circulate it. They want you to stay on the platform. Whereas like if you natively upload a video to them, yeah. then, th then they're happy to, to show it around um, and to get it going. And so, and yeah. What do you care too? Like if, if like it's like okay, if it's the exact same thing hypothetically, and people yeah. can watch it on Twitter and you get ad revenue or whatever, uh, all you have twenty, whatever eight thousand people who can now quickly go watch your videos. Yeah. Somehow, if they you know set it up where it's like just a tab at the top between classic Twitter and video Twitter. Yeah. Um, I, I reject this pre premise from Nick. Twitter could be YouTube for adults. No more D-back thumbnails. Uh, human psychology and what compels people to click uh, is a universal thing that is completely platform agnostic. You can go to TikTok. You can go to Instagram. You can go to Facebook. It does not matter where you have to play the game to get people to click on your stuff. <clears throat> How do you get more adult than naked yoga? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Elon would help us get our, our naked yoga keywords indexed on uh, <laughs> going around. Um, how how spooked are you right now with crypto regulation in this in this current landscape, specifically with the whole UST stuff? I mean, I've always thought it was coming, so it's it's I still think it's coming. Yeah. Yellen, I saw Yellen. I don't even look. I don't even look at stuff anymore, right? It's like Janet Yellen comments on the Luna, the Luna attack. Yeah, and I saw like, the headline. Gonna, like, I, I know what it. it is. I know what she wants. <laughs> yeah, it's what like why even quite? It's like, it's like, hey, regulator, what do you think about this industry? Should we regulate it? You know, Mike in yeah. front of them. I think we should regulate it. Oh, okay. Wow. Well, change change things up. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess the, yeah. I mean, is this, is this the golden goose for them? This UST depegging story? Like, is, is this the one that they're ready to go to battle with as the prime example of why crypto is the devil? I would say not because I can't even explain it to somebody. So right. they're probably just as lost. Yeah. 
but you don't need to understand it to to make a propaganda campaign about how bad things are and that they only they can step in and save it. Yeah. If you guys are looking for an explainer, um, Andy last night walked us through it on Club Top Shop, both the kind of technical mechanism that caused the depegging and then some kind of, uh, I guess there's a, a theory, conspiracy theory out there of uh, this Citadel group that might have actually been triggering Citadel, this. Yeah. Citadel. So you could check that out if you'd like. Citadel's the Ken Griffin company, I believe. And okay. he's big, he's big Chicago billionaire guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've heard, I've heard some stories about him. Yeah. I just, I, I clicked on the article. I know you said you weren't going to click on it. Uh, seeing what she said. Um, she pointed to the recent run on the stable coin as evidence of the potential threat to financial stability posed by unregulated cryptocurrency markets. Uh, a stable coin known as Terra SUD experienced a run and declined in val value. Yellen said, I think it simply illustrates that this is a rapidly growing product and that there are risks to financial stability and we need a framework that's appropriate. As as Dylan says here, that's not even that's not even that bad. <laughs> I mean, she says state needs to be regulated. I mean, yeah, I don't think you get much worse, honestly. Like, yeah, I mean, on the other hand, it's like right there the whoever is doing this regulation is not going to understand the differences between the Terra Ponzi and other more, mm -hmm. you know, uh, reasonably constructed stable coins, I guess. It's the, it's the whole myth of, of regulation where, yeah, if there was a scenario where this entity comes in and perfectly uh, controls things in the interests of the citizens like, of course, yeah, how can anyone reasonable say, no, we shouldn't do that? But when does it turn out like that? Yeah. No, never, basically. They they can't they can't fill the potholes on your fucking street, but they're going to be experts on this thing that even we can't explain what happened with Terra accurately, you know? Like, but but yeah. these 80-year-olds can. I feel like it's just, it's almost too simple, right? Like how I would explain this to it's like if you're getting APYs that are greater than seven to eight percent on on your asset, there's probably a lot of risk involved or a house of cards element. Like once you're up in that twenty percent range, and then obviously we've seen even more absurd. Oh yeah, APYs and in, in some of the decentralized finance, it's like you know buyer beware at that point. If it's too good to be true, it's probably too good to be, be true, and you're playing a hot potato game. Yeah. I mean, yes, we we said that like two years ago, I think, when we first started. Like, I don't think forty three percent farming <laughs> yields is is sustainable here. Yeah, I guess the brutal, thing though. is, are there people? So when you think about regulation, do you think there are going to be people who come out of that were say UST bag holders? Like, I'm just trying to think through of the use case. Like, if you're a whale in ust like you you probably know what you're getting into right like who's forming the lawsuit that's non-regulatory like the private lawsuit of being like these guys screwed me over and that's going to draw massive attention to this i'm just wondering where that venn diagram is of the innocent person who got screwed over by chasing 20 percent yields in their stables isn't there actually someone to sue with these stable coins there's like a whole that lfg foundation or whatever um yeah, and there's sure. Terraform Labs, I think, is one of their... I think those are real people. So yeah. that that's another thing, too, with a lot of regulations, is 
they're um, like double counting. Like there, there's already a law against it. They yeah. just need to actually enforce it. It happens mm-hmm. all the time. And I, I would have guessed that some of these things are here. Like if you, if you got screwed over somehow, even though it's in the cryptocurrency world, if it's an actual entity, they can't just, they can't just screw you over with, you know, without you, uh, without some way of suing them. Yeah. Um, Alex Baker wants us to talk about toxicity. Alex, this is what we call an old bait and switch clickbait. You click on the title for the toxicity, and then we're talking about <laughs> Janet Yellen. <laughs> I mean. I'm not sure there's a difference on the toxicity there. Uh, Well, yeah, someone said the, uh, the answer to the title was, uh, where was it up here? Um, Like here it is. Uh, Luna. The answer to the show title is Luna. Luna has the most toxic community right now. I assume they are feeling pretty toxic. I can't blame them. They kind of got, they kind of got screwed there. The, the inspiration for the title was from this tweet that, uh, that Brian, put up uh the other day who has the worst however you define worst community and gambling and i decided to to define it as the most toxic brian yeah i should have done that for the brand um it's pretty crazy that they they get the exact amount of votes for poker and sports betting for a tie out of 1600 people how much of a how um representative or fair distribution do you think your polling audience here is compared to how much it skews not fair at all uh (laughs) (laughs) and i don't care about being fair yeah (laughs) i knew obviously i would figure dfs would be lower and but you know not necessarily true maybe people follow us but they hate you know run pure or they hate xyz you know maybe they hate it's not like we're touts uh jeff the Ma worst might thing on the disagree. planet <laughs> we're we are going to talk about that but uh yeah i look at us uh, us innocent best ball bros here holding it down you you said our big winner was uh ship chasing here yeah the best ball bros and i could i didn't have enough characters but i was trying to fit dynasty in there too. <laughs> and i guess that the dynasty world is a little toxic this is what the dynasty world is the dynasty world is toxic positivity I'd almost say where it's almost like overly like puritanical, like in in a, in a positive toxic way is how I would categorize it. Okay. Yeah. But ship chasing comes out aces here. DFS, maybe a little biased. I would have, I would have definitely gone sports betting. Number one. I would too. And I mean, I agree with Davis's take poker players are the most uh, miserable. And I mean, we, it's not even close, right? For like the amount of beefs come out of poker more than any under other industry. But at least it's entertaining. It is entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Where the sports betting's just like, I don't know, disgusting. Yeah. It's brutal. There, there's never any like, at least with poker, they like put their nut sacks on the table and they're yeah. like, let's go heads up for rolls. Like in sports betting, like is anyone doing a sports betting competition? Shout out DraftKings. I mean, like who's going head to head? putting their nutsack on the table over a sports betting. Beat. Why even have a sports betting community? I don't understand <laughs> yeah. it at all. Like <clears throat> they hate each other so much. And it's like, and they're so they're, they're um, what's the word? Their um, reaction to anything doubting <clears throat> is so extreme. It's like, if they were talking to each other and one of them's like, you know, I really like, uh, 
the Bears tomorrow. And the other guy's like, oh, oh, sh- don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. Like, what are you guys like? Who gives a shit? Like, calm down. That's what that's what made me so mad listening to the Bet the Process podcast recently. Um, for those of the who didn't check it out, I know a lot of people. Uh, we probably have a decent amount of overlap of of listeners of Lowell's who listen to that show as well. Um, but Jeff Ma like came down on Rufus really, really hard, you know, basically calling him a massive hypocrite for, you know, giving his model and projections as part of the ETR golf product this year. And of course the context there is Rufus has been historically anti-tout over the years. Uh, I felt like he was put under attack and didn't necessarily defend the differences between like just providing projections and actually touting and how much nuance there is with that relative to DFS and how that's not the secret sauce. Brian could give me his projections for every single sport and it would not fucking matter unless he wants to give me his entire simulation process too. Then, then I could probably do decent. So it's like, I felt like that was short-sighted, but man, I thought Jeff, like the holier than now kind of posturing from some of these sports betting guys is just fucking absurd. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Jeff, uh, Jeff clearly doesn't know anything about DFS. <clears throat> to say that like projections is touting, like you're so like you're putting up a number on a player. Like, I still don't see how in <clears throat> like the context of DFS, like how people use projections, that it's it's touting at all. I'd like to get a uniform definition of what a tout is out of these people too. Like, okay, yeah. what is it? Because mainly like a tout, like the way it seems like that they portray it is it just is Vegas Dave. Mm-hmm. It's just like right. a complete charlatan who's giving out numbers that no one knows is real. <clears throat> right. And it, and then, then their best definition of a tout is someone who's giving out numbers, but you can't hit them fast enough. Right. And it gives people no credit at all for being able to decipher any of this stuff themselves and want to just gamble for fun and just uh, maybe gamble, bet against the person or um, they, they don't, they don't care. They just want to pick a side of a game they're going to watch and they want someone to throw, throw them aside to root for. Or like you can take it a step further and there was a thread going on uh, like Justin Freeman, Nelson Adcock, Jordan Cooper were all in this thread. And those guys were talking about how they use it as basically a shortcut for their process. They don't make their own projections, but they use someone else's projections. And then that moves them along in their process to, you know, their game theory, their MMA, however, their own process, the secret sauce to, to get their lineups out there. And it's like, there's lots of ways you can use this or to your example, just as casual people who want to like get it in relatively good. That's how I often am with my sports bets. It's like, I don't think I have a massive edge, but I want to make sure I'm not like getting it in bad per se. So like you've seen a lot of DFS guys like, like, like Davis. So say like, I like the Royals, you know, minus one twenty five. Yeah. Occasionally he'll throw a bet out there. Like, is that, so is that touting too? It's like. To me, who who cares? I, yeah, who who gives a fuck? To me, like I guess how I would define touting would be selling um, specific um, plays or lineups is like how I would personally, like if I were buying a DFS lineup from someone, that's a fucking 
tout to me. Okay. Like, it, and I feel like that's the analogous thing to getting a Vegas Dave whale play, right? It's like saying there's no thought you're going to this thought leader and you're getting the goods from them. Yeah. You know, like that, that kind of transactional nature to it is what feels touty to me. I would say it's like those guys who impersonate me and Alex and Chipotle brothers on Twitter that we can't get banned. They're doing what you said. They're giving people lineups, um, but they're clearly making them up, right? Yeah. Or they're who knows? Maybe they pay for a sub at Osmo and they make a couple lineups and just hand them out. That would be the best sports betting, like Ponzi scheme, is you give one guy one and one guy another, and then yeah. hopefully one of them wins and they come back. Anyways, um, that would be my definition of a DFS tout: is knowingly giving out shit lineups. Right. I, because if if petty theft, someone said petty theft in the chat, gives you an NBA lineup, like you should probably play it. <laughs> you know what I mean, well, it probably won't win because most GPP lineups don't win. But yeah. like, that's not a tout. No. Um, OA says, is this from a podcast that Jeff Ma Rufus take? Yes. The Bet the Process podcast. They generally yeah. record. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. About once a week. This was kind of a follow up. You know, ever since ETR launched the product in conjunction with Rufus, they've had a few different references to it. Um, I got the vibe that, like, you know, there is who we always, I always forget the name of that um, sub community within sports betting, the Seville. Was that it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Which has this extremely holier than thou, anti tau, you know, purist like sports betting ethos. But like, I do not see the difference. I legit do not see the difference in what Jeff is accusing Rufus of, of him going on Tony Kornhauser's show and giving out spread picks. He might say, well, I'm not selling it, but they are selling it. The cost is offset by the advertisers of the program. He is selling, he is in exchange. Instead of taking money for his picks, he's taking yeah. clout for his brand. Like what's the fucking difference of going to say, hey, take Florida minus seven this week and Rufus giving his DFS projections to ETR. There's no fucking difference. Get I mean, off your high I horse. I would say in their world, like the Seville absolutist world, Jeff's even worse. Yes, it is because you're not, there's no imagination. There's no game theory. You're, you're putting right. it on a platter for someone. Yeah. So for the, like Jeff Maz who don't play DFS, you would just take Rufus's numbers as like a base. And then the ownership that I believe Levitan said on our pod that he does, right? I think he does the ownership or yeah. sometimes Cody does them, right? Um, mm -hmm. But whatever. So they provide both of those things for you. And you would kind of take those and come up with your own process, be it a simulation like I do it, or using Fantasy Cruncher or some optimizer or your own little thing in Excel, who knows, to come up with some sort of strategy to be better than the field. Yeah. You're not just taking Rufus's numbers and, pr and printing money. It doesn't work. I've used his numbers the last two weeks. I can tell you this much. It's not printing money, Rufus. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But 
I've I've aggregated the best ownership projections, the best projections for multiple sports, and I, I'm still like uh, barely a break even DFS player. <laughs> like it's it's not it's not the secret sauce. Uh, it is is just a piece of the puzzle. Right. Yes. And like some of the arguments I heard is like um, it's there's already there's already data out there, so he's not providing value because there's already data out there, and they're charging six hundred bucks or whatever. And first of all, like six hundred bucks, that's like one, that's one buy-in to the high stakes of DFS, right? That's one entry. So it's not that much for a lot of DFS players. Yeah. But his numbers last week were significantly different than the rest of the industry. Yeah. So he clearly could be providing plenty of value. And I think Rufus is actually even more of an anomaly for a quote-unquote DFS tout, if we're going to use that language, in that we all know Rufus is a winning sports better. Right. He, I think, I, I I could be wrong, but the times I've heard him, I believe he just like dabbles in DFS. He does not consider mm-hmm. himself a professional DFS player. And what he is doing is giving his model, which is still like the baseline inputs, and then they're able to take that and turn those into DFS projections and stuff like that. But like, it's not like he's even... You know, some people, it's like, well, why would you give away your DFS plays if you're the DFS player? It's like, Rufus doesn't even play this professionally. Right. It's just like, hey, I have this thing. This might be mutually beneficial. This right. worked out for both of us. You guys can double dip this. He's still not even giving his model to them early in the week. He's not getting front run on his bets. Like, this is just like a cherry on top thing for him of like, hey, when I'm done with it, you guys want to use this for your purposes? Knock yourself out. It's one of the most like harmless things I've seen in like DFS touting and projections. That the fact that it's even an issue is is insane. Yeah. It, it, you're, it's actually you're right. It's the exact opposite because he's not do, using it. Like they can't even make any of those dumb claims they make against regular DFS personalities. Like oh, you're just trying to get me on these this player, and then you're gonna play somebody else. Have you ever seen that conspiracy theory? Oh, right. Yeah. And they have all. It's like no, he's he's not even playing, but we do, but we know he's a professional because he does it in sports betting. It's like the best of both worlds, and he can make some extra money, which there's nothing wrong with that. And then all of us benefit who want to use it. Yeah, it's it's a good. Uh, where a uh, situation where multiple people benefit, it's it's very it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing, and like with Jeff and Rufus's relationship, not that I have any business commenting on it, but I'm gonna anyways. It's like it's it seems like Rufus isn't very good at like defending himself. Yeah, and 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 Jeff is not very charitable as a friend. No, it felt like the vibe I got from it, it was so uncharitable and so unforgiving that it felt like Jeff Ma is in these group chats hanging around the Seaville water cooler and then wanting to come back with this red meat for the boys. See what I did? See how I dunked on our guy? Isn't that cool? Everybody elbowing each other. Yeah. Not even realizing what a clown he came across as because that argument was so disingenuous. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Where, uh, what was he saying? Like, just admit that you screwed up and you're never going to do it again. <laughs> and by the way, you know, I mean, not that like I, I've I put time and money into now using Rufus's numbers. I've never used averages before. I have my whole own system. But if he's going to, if the guy I'm trying to copy is already giving his stuff out, I'll just use his. Not that he owes me anything, but there's plenty of people who put in time and effort. And so if he stops doing it, where's the morality in that, Jeff? Like now I'm out money. Now I'm out stuff. You know what I mean? Like not that they owe me, he owes me 
Rufus owes me anything. I'm just trying to make a, you know, a side point of the morality of all this. Like, okay, there's a lot of things going on here. Yeah. And, uh, I thought it was so unfair. The spot he did of trying to get Rufus to sever his ties, his future ties with ETR right then and there on the <laughs> yeah. spot. It's like, fuck right off. Like that was so absurd. And again, Rufus, not like defending himself properly. It's like, you don't owe anything to jet. Like I just, I do wish, um, kind of like Justin saying here that he didn't know how to defend himself. I, I really wish it almost illustrates the point even further. He is so not a DFS tout that he didn't even know how to articulate how wildly different DFS is from sports betting touting. It's because he's that, not a that DFS player. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my yeah, god. And he didn't and he and he he and if he was a charitable friend, he would look into it and then realize, oh, maybe. Okay, maybe for DFS this doesn't matter at all. It really the value for ETR is it's a nice marketing thing to have Rufus on the team. It's like a, he's the perfect guy to get for PGA. We guessed it before it happened because it's so perfect. Everyone benefits. His numbers are probably slightly better, if not significantly better than the industry standard for now. Um. But really, it's like a nice little marketing thing, too, like uh, for ETR. So, like, you know, actually, I guess that kind of like backs up Jeff a little bit more. But like, he, he clearly didn't understand. He doesn't understand DFS. And if he did, he would not act like that. Here's what I was thinking, too. Maybe he was conflating in his head unabated and ETR all as one thing. I don't know what unabated's doing. I believe um, they're, they're more they're they're more tools, right? I think I, they're more tools. Yeah, but maybe he's just against any anything like that. I don't know, and he's just saying first you're doing unabated, now you're doing this DFS thing that I don't understand. You're just a tout. You're a full on tout, and he just doesn't understand what's going on. It's still just laughable in context of going on a show and giving out picks. Like everyone in this ecosystem, whether it is tools whether it is content, whether it is even picks and whale plays from Vegas Dave himself, it creates this ecosystem of interest and grows interest in sports betting. And to try to demarcate and go line by line of this is okay for helping this industry go, but oh, th this isn't, is yeah. is completely hypocritical. Yeah, and $600 is, is what? Like 15 bucks a week or something? I don't even know. I'm, I, that math was probably horrible. But whatever, something like that. So it's like, it's not that, that's the difference is like you going on Tony Kornheiser and $15 a week, one's just so much more unethical. If he was even giving out sides and totals picks that can't possibly be profitable, which I'm assuming is what Jeff's doing. Yeah. By the time he's going on Kornheiser and someone hears that, that that's not going to be good. No. Yeah, and I, I mean, Lou saying ETR seems more touty than UA. Yeah, collectively, for sure. But as far as what Rufus is doing for ETR, like Rufus, to, again, maybe I'm wrong. You tell me, Brian. I, I'm not a sub to the ETR golf product. Does does he write up their top plays? I assume that's Adam and the rest of the team that's taking those projections and writing up. I never plays. look at their top plays. I just want the data. But, you just want the data, yeah. Yeah, but the, I think they do a show. I think, and I could be wrong, but I think Pete, they. Pete and Rufus and Adam, right? Do yeah, yeah. yeah. And but and who, but that's the same show that um, Bet the Process has done a million times. They 
they would oftentimes do a PGA show where they just talk about the next event. Yeah. The event and like who Rufus thinks is going to do well. Yeah. But since he, they didn't charge $15 for that episode, it's morally justified. Yeah. And it's so, and it goes like, what are you, who are you doing a podcast for a sports betting podcast for you're, you're doing it for people who are interested in sports, bet. in the same way, people will jokingly come and turn on this show. They want brick to release the Sims, release the plays. Like we, we do, I think a similar type of show of them. And that will talk about industry things, gossip, whatever. And then we'll also talk about plays we like or game theory or, or tournaments or how we, because that's, I think what our audience likes, they likes the different pieces of that. And it's just so weird to be like, oh, we want to do all these things. But then the second we start talking about plays, we've crossed a moral line that isn't serving our audience. Yeah. And I almost think we're like, we're almost like for the listener, just don't conflate these two things. I'm saying, and I'm sure Pete is too, Rufus did absolutely nothing wrong. Making projections is not touting. Um, but also like you purists, like get over yourselves. So like if someone wants to tweet out the Royals minus one twenty-five, that's totally fine. And people have different subjective reasons for doing certain things. Yeah. Right. Not everyone is a gambleaholic idiot who just looks at something and then puts mortgage on their house and instantly goes to the casino. Well, and it's like Come on, there are better targets to go after. You want to you want to talk about Bill Simmons touting, you know, eight leg single game parlays <laughs> on his podcast that goes out yes. to millions of people. Go ahead and go after Bill Simmons. We're gonna go after yeah. fucking Rufus Peabody for get for selling at a six hundred dollars a pop his projection model to a boutique fantasy site. Get the fuck out of here. So, like to to be charitable, to Jeff, then his I think his comment would be. I'm saying that Rufus was the number one guy you guys are bitching about. Rufus was the guy who was against touts, always shitting on touts. And now he goes off and does these two sites. So I'm just calling him on his bullshit. Right. I think that's what he would say. Right. But for, for at least for the unabated, uh, not unabated for the ETR stuff, projections is not touting for DFS. It's, it's not touting for DFS is like what we said. Some imposter giving out lineups for 10 bucks or whatever. I don't, I'm not even convinced that someone saying Mike Trout is going to have a good game. Like, okay, fine. I guess that's a tout. But I don't, I mean, I don't, I think it's more like nefarious for me, the definition of tout. But again, what's, what, what is the definition of a tout? Maybe that'd be good. Good Twitter poll. Well, I, I I feel the same way as you because if you extend that analogy, if you say someone Jeff or um who, who's the baseball player you just referenced, Mike, Mike, Mike Trout. Mike Trout. What team does he play for? The the Angels. The Angels. So say, what if I start listening to an Angels podcast? It's not a DFS podcast, just a uh-huh. MLB thing. And and the guy says, I think Mike Trout's going to have a great season this year. Is he touting? Yeah, he's stating the obvious, but yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like. I, I just, it's just, it's fucking a sports bro saying what they think. Like I right. mean, this conversation happens on ESPN. It happens across fan podcasts. Everyone gives their opinion on what now every that's touting. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, It's crazy. But uh, like half of the time, they're not even trying to persuade you like Wilson, Wilson on Twitter, right? He gives out picks all the time. He's not, he's not like, Oh, please bet these. Right. Yeah. Like you bet them if you want. Here's what I'm betting. 
That's right. Is that is that a is that a tout? I guess people. What if he would charged say, a dollar? If he, char- he, if he charged a dollar, I if he char- I, again, do I think he should go to jail? Hell no. If he charged a dollar, I guess you could start to say that's more touty because you're yeah. you're you're profiting directly from your picks. So what would be a good Twitter Twitter poll? Like what? So nefarious in charging money, mm-hmm. just charging money, or just saying who you like. I guess those are kind of the three touts, right? Am I missing? Yeah, I any? feel like I for me the the recipes would be charging. Uh-huh. It would be um basically provide it would be the um giving someone fish instead of like teaching them to fish or giving them like pieces of it. If you're just like so in that and that's why in that example of like I'm charging you a dollar for just like the fucking random ass picks I'm making. Mm-hmm. Like that that feels touty to me. I don't think the teaching the fish thing for me, anyways. I don't think that matters for touting because yeah. unless you're touting, I will literally teach you how to play, and then you don't teach them how to play. Right. If, I mean, because if you're just saying give me five bucks and I'll give you a winner today, no, no reasonable person is going. Oh, this is going to make me be a long term winner. They're just trying to get. They're trying to make some money real quick. Because I think the- it's the nef- when it's nefarious where I'm going to give you a winner and I'm just making this shit up. Like I'm just pulling shit out of my ass. Yeah, like that, but that, but again, that's kind of an probably an extreme definition of touting. Um, but uh, but I think it's too loose to just like it's too loose to just say if someone posts I like the Bears tomorrow on their Twitter, that's just the guy. He's not persuading anybody. If I like Mike, tell you I like Mike Trout. That's like it does not matter. And any you know, I think it's got to be money, and maybe just. And maybe nefariousness should go because touting has is a negative connotation, for sure. And just charging money, unless you're a communist, is not that bad. It's actually a good thing, like because because <laughs> it because it, it it is way to show where resources are valuable and all sorts of other things, and to incentivize people to do valuable things. And and that's where I do really think the the nefarious thing is really the rub here, right? Because we can, let's use the extreme examples, Vegas Dave, you know, lying about his win records and the type of bets, the kind of risk of ruin Vegas Mm -hmm. Dave is setting you up with, with minus 4,000 money line plays time after time to boost his win record. I would say the DFS equivalent too would be, you know, disingenuous screenshot posting from wins you're, you're hiding out the amount of entries or cost of your entries that it took to win that you're blurring out, you know, the field size or whatever you're misrepresenting or you're selling a dream or something that is maybe mm-hmm. actually harder to achieve than people realize. To me, that's where you're in tout territory. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. So maybe nefarious was too hard misrepresenting or misleading something like that. I think kind of has to be in it before you call a guy a tout. So like that, again, even if you disagree and you don't know anything about DFS, and you say Rufus providing his DFS projections is touting, he's giving you his best stuff. And it's DFS. The numbers don't change, you know, unless weather dramatically changes. But you know what I mean? The salaries don't change. It's DFS. Those, those golf projections are going to – and by the way, they I think they updated today. So, like, if it updates – um, uh, they they if the weather updates or for whatever reason he updates, they update their stuff. So he's giving there, he's not being misleading in any way, even if you d- disagree with our opinion that providing pro- DFS projections isn't touting. Um, he's missing that key ingredient that Vegas, the Vegas Daves of the world have. Yeah. Yes. Uh, 
Alex is going to use our playbook. Maybe, maybe Brian, we release, how about this to, to really, you know, warp people's brains, the Lowell's guide to being a tout and we sell it for five ninety nine. <laughs> so, wait, oh, so we're going to figure out the, the most misleading ways to uh, <laughs> yeah. sell your, sell your fake picks to people. Yeah. Then, then I would have to agree with Seville on that one, actually. Yeah. That you pro- that's probably no good. Yes. Um, and like, this is a good, it, you know, MJ says here, people claiming to give out winners is touting. Um, and that, I think that's another thing too. If you're guaranteeing outcomes that cannot actually be guaranteed, that, that falls into touting for me. Well, let me read that again. People claiming to give out winners is touting. Okay. Yeah. Like if you're telling people like that, these are the winners for today. Um, I think, I think, I think that is an inherent in, with misleading. Right. Cause if you say, I like the bears plus three tomorrow, you're not giving out the winners. You're just fucking saying, I like the bear. You're not trying to persuade anybody. If you're like saying, this is a guarantee. Like, you know that there's no such thing as a goddamn guarantee. Yeah. The, the irony too, with DFS touting, and I guess this happens a little bit, uh, with us best ball bros and zero RB, but same with like DFS touting. Like if you're touting what are actually good plays, they're generally probably going to be like pretty low owned. Um, and a lot of touting skews more toward chalk because it's safer, right? Your risk of blowback from people in, in touting chalk is, is far less than if you tout the 1% guy that doesn't hit, even though the payoff of when that 1% guy hits is so outsized that it, it, do you kind of see what I'm getting at with that? Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. So there is, yeah, we're putting that in DFS tout category. That's right. So when, or when they give out every play on the, in the book, it's like, well, I like this guy and this guy. And then this range, I like this guy and this guy, like on golf, they give out like 25 picks. It's like, that's like a, that's the entire field, bro. You can't just give yeah. out every cover both sides. It's like picking MMA and like picking both sides of the fight. Yeah. It's like, well, of course you're going to be right. <laughs> yeah. That's touting. That's touting. I mean, it travel, I mean, crypto touts about to be the most talk. I mean, th- I would say too, like, if you want to talk about like crypto and NFT touts, I mean, that's, that's like true touting in a nutshell <laughs> for sure. Yeah, that's a whole another poll right Tana there. Works. NFT, yeah. NFT, Bitcoin maxis, ETH maxis, and hmm, what's that? What's another one we could put in there? Oh, uh, like the Shiba Doge Bros. Well, you maybe? remember from like altcoin season back in 2017, right? Like there were videos on YouTube that were like titled the next four altcoins to go to the moon and they'd have like legit half a million views <laughs> like wow just just complete absurdity that was also when the whole bitconnect thing was going down um you'd like to think the market matured and then literally we just had a ponzi stable collapse <laughs> this week yeah, th- but this whole economy is a goddamn clown economy come on it is you can't uh man I'm, I, I can't i keep going back to the coin market cap even while we're broadcasting <laughs> You're looking at the charts. Yeah, it's still going down. I took it off my. I I always. I think I talked about this with Davis a long time ago. Like I have this widget 
Um, I think it is actually coin market caps app, or I can't forget what it is. And when, when we're in a bull market, I put the widget on my home screen, you know, everybody oh, yeah. seeing the charts. And then it was about a week ago. I slid that bad boy all off to like the fourth screen. And now I just don't look. So Davis says you're the app. So I'm that way too, with checking my actual stuff during a yeah. bull market. I'll check my account all the time. Yeah. I'm not checking it during a bear market. He says most people are the opposite way. I'm like, I'm not sure I agree with that. Wait, he thinks most people are checking when it's they bad like the and punishment. Not... Davis is more of a masochist than anybody. Though. Yeah, I think that I think you called it. He's it's a little projection there. I see. Like it, Davis even had that tweet the other day. He had that tweet. <laughs> how there's a part of it. Let's, that, be, let's like, be honest. Davis is checking it both ways all day. <laughs> I have to bull run, bear run. Oh, look at are we gonna take this guy's advice on or, or opinion on how people process their crypto portfolio? A sick part of me enjoys the anarchy of markets being down bad. Oh wow. It's him. <laughs> okay. It was projection. No, like I get like when I see people legitimately down bad, both emotionally and financially, like. That's not fun. And, and that would be me too, in a lot of respects, if I was staring at it. Like I legit have to go out of sight, out of mind. It's like when I'm having a bad DFS slate during the NFL season, I just fucking shut it down. And you know what? We'll review our lineups tomorrow because like, I don't want to sit with that in, in me the whole afternoon. Meeting. Yeah. It's just yeah. not good for your mental health. How, how, how bad is that ruined red zone, man? When I'm like, yeah. I didn't make a lot of second half red zones this year. Cause I did my, after the beginning of the NFL season didn't go hot for me. And it's like, well, I, I like, unless these two guys score 60 points each, I'm pretty much done at this point. So it's like, whew. yeah, go to YouTube, turn off red zone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Travis says I was the same way. I was okay with the board apes getting smoked because I'm jealous, but now here I am too. The thing that I learned very quickly with that, it's like the board apes now is the top dog is like, we need them succeeding because in a lot of ways that the, the market is going to follow them. Like if, if board apes go to zero, like so much fucking shit is going to zero. Everything else is, is worth. Yeah, yeah. Is worthless. I mean, <sighs> It's tough to tell. Like I was like with this, with this hat, with this attack on Luna, is was that all? Was Bitcoin going down all from this guy shorting Bitcoin? Like a lot of people are claiming, or is it just because it's tied to the market still and the market's shitting the bed? That's what I don't know. I mean, I always am skeptical. I think isn't that the most like you'll we naturally want reasons for market movements but these are like very complex things with so many variables driving it the vibe i got was there was a macro pull down and then this just kind of accelerated it you know was throwing lighter fluid on top of an already not great situation that would just be my guess yeah I, I, that's probably the most believable for me is yeah it was going down either way but this just made it even worse Oh, baby. I just got breaking news sent oh, to me on Twitter. Let huh? another veteran is coming in as a tryout for the Bucks rookie minicamp. None other than running back Patrick wow. Lair. Right when Gio Bernard's too old, Rashad White's just a rookie that Tom Brady's not going to love. Do you know who Tom can trust in pass protection? It's none other than our boy, Patrick Laird, the <laughs> new starting third down back for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Let's go, Brian. I like how he added the last three seasons to give him like a nice little stat line. 36 hey, catches, hey, hey. 244. Any way you slice it, 
That guy pops on paper. That's 36 more catches than I'll ever have. Yeah. He scored some tutties too, right? Um, yeah, he, he scored yeah. his, uh, his first tutty from, uh, from I, Tua. I love, I love that in baseball when like an older guy gets a cup of coffee and he hits a home run. Yeah. I just love that. Like you got your Homer, man. That's fucking sweet. doesn't matter. You know, obviously you'd hope, you know, he, he wants a good career and you, you hope he has a good career, but you got that home run in the big leagues. Congratulations. Um, we're just going to click on that Aaron, Ariana Grande clickbait. You couldn't help yourself. <laughs> Ariana Grande wore a bra top to her brother's wet hat. This, this is a story. If we, this do we is, even this have is a- what I was saying with, when we did the pod with Davis. It's like, why are these on my feed, Elon? <laughs> like, why do I care about Kim Kardashian? You know I don't care. <laughs> I mean. Although, a- obviously – Attractive girl. That's that. That counts. All right. All right. This is going to get in in Elon's world. This is going to get us in trouble. <clears throat> Goodness. Yeah. All the horn dogs. We we save the uh, the true click late <laughs> until the end of the stream. <laughs> yes. If you want your numbers to go up, we you know what you got to do, Pete. Yeah. Naked yoga, pictures of hot girls on the guys. On the, uh, yeah. I'm not a horn dog. I just wanted to see if what she wore to her brother's wedding was inappropriate or not. <laughs> I saw your your mouse hovering over there. Felt like it was a re- like a natural reaction for you. Yeah, uh, you know uh, my camera. I definitely uh, I do have to go without my camera here uh, for a little bit for the rest of the show, Brian. Oh, um, yeah. oh my god! <laughs> oh, sorry. oh, sorry. We're oh back. my We're god! Back. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, come for come for the Jeff Mod takes. Nothing the air out of grande jokes. Nothing like mixing your gambling up with half naked women. Actually, I guess that happens all the time. That that juxtaposition with like MMA, where like you'll see um what's his name? Ferguson who just got knocked out like a bad unconscious for like felt like a full minute or two. Yeah. And then what's her name? Um Oh, April. God damn it. I can't remember the, the ring girl. Okay. I don't know her name, I but can't I can't remember her name. Unbelievable. Anyways. And then there's just beautiful girls, just like third round, you know, yeah, as if not the brutality just, <laughs> I just killed a man <laughs> and this half naked, uh, super attractive girl. Okay. All right. I don't know what to feel here. I, I you know, Oh my goodness. Did you, uh, did you have a good MMA slate on Saturday? Um, I should have, but that, um, uh, that Rose, um, Theron. yeah, what's that? What was the other girl? I can't remember her name. That they, they, uh, that was the literal worst MMA fight of all time. Yeah. It, not for just DFS purposes either. I yeah. can't imagine there's going to be a lower scoring five round fight where the winner gets 52 points. That's absurd. As far as that's right. Normally, normally in the bad ones, you're still at minimum getting what, like 65, 70 points from a winner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 50 is really bad, even for a three rounder. Um, because I had 60 some percent of that Lupe girl who was only 10% owned. Yeah. And she was the nuts. Like she had like 100, almost 130 points scored. 
like in the second fight. In the second yeah. fight, after the Cowboy Cerrone fight got canceled, ninety six percent of lineups were dead. Goodness. And I and I had sixty percent of the girl who no one had. So I was like, okay, this could play out very well for me. But that I needed that one fight and it didn't happen. Um, but I probably would have won, I guess, if that was semi salad. Denden wants to know if you're going to become a best ball bro now that it's the safest way to store your money. <laughs> it, prob- it probably is. Um, I'm definitely going to play a few this year. I just need to get this app finished because I yeah, don't know I'll- what the hell I'm doing, guys. I don't. I don't read all the news and know who's on what team. I need help. I need you, rankings and do you need a best ball tout in your life and a best ball tout that I have to pay for <laughs> No, I want it free. Wouldn't you want to pay though? Wouldn't you like forget touting in general, but like if someone's going to like come and like, you know, fix your air conditioner, would you be okay? If like, no, no, I'll do it for free. You don't right. know them. Well, it's kind of like, uh, uh, you know, if you, I don't want to go to a restaurant and buy, a lobster roll that costs four dollars because I'm gonna immediately think it's really shitty lobster. There I want to spend fucking yeah. twenty eight dollars for that lobster, and I want to get just a little dollop because it's so fucking rich and delicious that that's all they can serve me for that price. Would you would you want a doctor who takes out your appendix to not charge, or maybe you know they want to get paid for that service? A lot of bad doctor touts out there. Yeah. Like no 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 listen I I know how to do this and I'll do it for free. You know what? I think I'll I think I'll pay. <laughs> I I'm excited like uh for your best ball app though. The um some of the things that you're getting uh in there I think is going to be very very helpful to us high volume drafters. Yeah, we should do we talked about this Pete was uh uh try to bring back multi tabling as yeah. I I'm, I just act like poker doesn't exist anymore. I know people yeah. still Multi-table poker, I just don't pay attention. Do multi-tabling uh, best ball drafts and see, like, the most someone can handle. Yeah. Live stream I, it. Well, that, and that's a that's the good – We I had this debate with – I think it was Liam who, who won Best Ball Mania last year. He said he was multi-tabling the puppy drafts. Um, I tried a couple on stream. I tried doing two on stream, and I, I, I could easily do two – by myself when I'm streaming and entertaining the chat and doing too, the degree of difficulty ratchets up. If your tool is able to do some of the things we've talked about, mm. I think you could probably do four pretty solidly without making too many big mistakes. And Davis says he could do five without tools. Of course. <laughs> I mean, anyone can do it. Like all you oh, can yeah, do it, but it's like, can you draft actually fucking good teams? It's kind of like when Joey Ingram way back when he did some of his insane multi-tabling challenges, there was a requirement that you had to have a positive ROI at the end of the session. Of course, anyone could fire up 12 tables, but are you actually drafting good teams? And people are loving basketball, man. I looked at your channel here before we started and uh, you're getting like over a thousand views on every single best ball video it's crazy man people fucking love it like even on ship chasing last week because pat and gretch are super in the weeds on a lot of these rookie prospects and we're in dynasty season right now people are doing rookie drafts and it was like okay the draft ended let's talk about these guys the landing spots you know from a dynasty perspective and everyone's like why aren't you guys drafting a best ball team and i was <laughs> like we're gonna be fucking drafting best ball teams all summer and pat's like can we have one week to just like talk dynasty before drafting every then we then we're doing it tonight and everyone's like yes best ball draft like 
people just fucking love it, dude. Okay. Why not? Yeah. Um, it takes it takes like a full hour if you're live streaming it. Yeah. Um, yes, I did. I did lose my mind when I multi-tabled two drafts and streamed it last time. Uh, we, we will <laughs> run that back tough. at some point. I am not wasting my BBM3 entries. Uh, I'm being very protective of those. I won't even let spags have some of my bullets uh there but uh it, once we get some of the puppy drafts yeah we can we can uh we can mess around with some challenges um cooter doodle wants a promo code cooter i i got nothing for you i just i can't it's on the tip of my tongue um but just they put, will give you a deposit match just put brick 75 no put pete into anything and then you probably will get a code like even like things not related to gambling <laughs> Um, when is the schedule dropping? The NFL schedule comes out tomorrow evening. Tomorrow what the hell evening. is that? When Shedden? This is uh, this is. I know how to speak, Rick. When is you know our crypto NFT? You know our win packs, win packs schedules is little man's little man's in there dropping the Z. Win schedules. Mm. I, can, I can translate, Rick, for you. Got it. Thank you. Yeah. Um. Why aren't you and Brian drafting a best ball team? We've, we've drafted a best ball team on one show. We've done, yeah, we've done some. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to try to get guests, though, the next couple weeks. We have to talk about it. But um, yeah. eventually we'll definitely. Probably closer to the – that's the sharper way, right? Do it when all the injuries are done? Well, there's been – this has been a popular debate on best ball Twitter, uh, which is now a thing right now. The kind of conventional wisdom is – the barbell approach drafting a bunch early when there's ADP values um, and things aren't quite as settled. Those have yielded the best chance at super teams. And then, and then drafting right as close to the season starts as possible. Um, and the barbell is nice because it, it would be so like, I will not have the time if I was like, okay, it's optimal to draft all your teams two weeks before the season start. I would not have the time to draft 150 teams in two weeks before the season starts. So yeah. It's like by necessity, you have to spread them out unless Unless you're able to literally just take two weeks off before the season. And my my tweet calling basketball bros DJs for drafting this early. That was two exceptions. Is it's gonna be tough to get 150 in. You probably should draft a few now. If you do plan on getting in your full 150 and two for content and kills for content. And that's fun, you know? It's fun, me. That's another thing too about this tout shaming. Like sports betting content sucks so bad. Like you guys suck. Your community sucks. <laughs> like try to have some fun. Like DFS people are probably going to do sports betting content better than sports betting people. Yeah. And it's their own fucking fault. Um, not that, that we're going to do it, but somebody probably will. And um, it's kind of, it's kind of, if it's fun, you could do a, a fun sports betting show. I'm sure of it. Uh, and people like watching guys play play poker is yeah, that touting that a lot. is yeah. that touting oh i this is how i play a hand that's touting now okay fine then then you just got rid of a big section of why poker became popular yeah uh, poker would have never been popular without 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 whole card cameras yeah well uh hopefully i mean i think we're probably preaching to the choir more or less with our audience, but it just felt so egregious kind of some of that discourse from what I would consider a, a very smart person. And, um, that I felt like it <laughs> needed to be said how absurd that was, uh, why, why we have to be out here defending Rufus. I don't know, but I guess we did. Well, he's, he's our guy. We like Rufus. Yeah. And the ETR guys and stuff. And I selfishly also wanted to keep doing it. 
Yeah. So well, I didn't even bring that point up when you were mentioning about the thing when and how I thought that was so unfair to Rufus and to ETR in general to even just sow the seeds of um, worry or doubt with the subscribers who have signed up of like, oh, is this going to get rugged midseason because Jeff is, you know, hanging this guilt over Rufus or, yeah. you know, like the, some of this stuff, I was like, that is not fair. And to the, those subscribers too, like you pay for that. Like you said, you, you want it to continue existing. You paid for it. Um, you, it's just not, it went from being good marketing to ETR to like, you know, being like potentially scary for their subs or thinking long-term about stuff. I just thought it was completely unfair of him. Yeah, it was, it, it was, it was, uh, <clears throat> like I said, he, they're both adults, and so I don't really have room commenting on their relationship. It seemed yeah. over the line, and I I probably wouldn't have uh, responded as nicely as Rufus did. And you know, I wanted to say this too. Did you listen to it again, or just that one time? I I only listened once. Did he cut out the argument? It looked like it when I listened to it. It seemed like he cut it out. I thought um, I heard some of you guys talking about it in the Discord. Um, I feel like what I heard didn't seem edited or cut, but what you guys heard made it seem like there was something that might've been edited. So maybe either what I heard was taken out or I, I have no idea, but it, it sounds like eventually there ended up being some editing. Yeah. Well, it. if anyone thinks the same thing to me, tell me and yeah. Tell, or tell me I'm crazy either way. And and we'll, we'll, I mean, I, I don't think Rufus listens to this podcast, but uh, if, if Rufus wants to come back on and, uh, and defend his honor and we can equip him with some, uh, some more talking points in his favor. He's, uh, he's definitely welcome to. Yeah. We love Lou, uh, Rufus and, and Dylan here. My, uh, my sports betting content take is the exact same as Davis's Elon take. Well, Davis is wrong and I'm not. So that's a big difference. <laughs> yeah. Did wait, speaking of Davis and Elon, didn't, did I just see another, uh, take cast with you guys come across the wire? Yeah. Did he release it? I saw it in my podcast feed. Yeah. Oh, he, he released it fast. Yeah, we did. We, we did one, not a ton of Elon talk. Wow. Mainly crypto crash stuff. And what else do we talk? You know, like politics. It's just a typical podcast we normally do. It's good though. We're, uh, we're, we're getting a groove. I think, I think yeah. we're, we're getting in a, into a groove where he's less, less lib and I'm less libertarian. Maybe. I don't know. Wow, you guys are you're meeting in the middle. Um, <clears throat> all right, guys, this was fun. Uh, appreciate you as always. Real, uh, real talk. Keep your mental health up. Slide your uh, crypto widget off your phone to the back screen, uh, and uh, and don't stare at it all day. Despite what Davis might tell you to do. Yeah, and yeah, it's a bummer. You're not you're not the only one. Trust us. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Any anything else, uh, Brian? Before we get out of here, no. Pod will be up. If you haven't subbed to the pod, please do. It's on every every podcatcher, and uh, I have a Twitch channel. Streams this, and I'm trying eventually when I get time. I'll I'll do some stuff on there too. It's just my name, Brian Hooper. There you go. I got the link down in the show notes as well. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us every Wednesday afternoon. We are here on YouTube, on Twitch. And if Brian has his way with Elon on Twitter in the <laughs> near future, we'll see you guys next time. <laughs> <laughs>